In this installment of The Grind of Fine, join me and my panel of special guests, Wendy Cunningham Barnes, Lisa Cleveland, and Celine Williams as we explore the enemy within, reframe common toxic mindsets, and much more. The Grind becomes so official right now. Greetings, beautiful people. Greetings and welcome to The Grind Fine. Terrell and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. The topic today is one that I think is so very important because it is human nature to feel a little bit of pressure, to have some things that are skewing your mind, skewing your soul, Heck, they even get to a space where they can skew your body, especially since we tend to go more towards soothers outside of ourselves, like food, like alcohol, like sex, you name it. But because we're predisposed to look for soothers outside of ourselves, it's only appropriate to talk about the enemy. I'm talking about the enemy within. You know, a lot of the times when we think about the enemy, we think about things outside of ourselves, external things, things in the world. And even from a perspective of spirituality, lots of times we'll give credit to the enemy outside of ourselves for different things that are going on in our life. But this discussion today is all about the enemy, E-N-E-M-E, enemy within. Yes, because it all starts with us. So this conversation today, we're going to tackle the enemy within, but of course, because I said we, I'm not gonna do it alone. I have some special guests here with me today, Wendy Cunningham Barnes, Lisa Cleveland, and C. Lynn Williams. These women have so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much of of an anointing on themselves and what they do. I thought it only fitting to have this conversation with a few different people because each and every one of us view this aspect of our life differently. Each and every one of us have experienced the enemy within differently. And so to have this type of discussion, it's helpful to have it from the perspective of many instead of just one. (laughs) So I'm so excited to have these ladies in TGD studio with me today. Um, I'm not going to waste any time getting into this discussion, but before I do, I want you to learn a little bit more about the ladies who were sharing the panel with me today. When it comes to the enemy within, there are many facets of the battle we will all have to face, so it made sense to bring in women that could represent different facets of the discussion. Wendy Cunningham Barnes, C. Lynn Williams, and Lisa Cleveland each represent different aspects of this layered topic. Wendy Cunningham Barnes is a woman of faith, wife and mother, successful entrepreneur, best-selling author, host of The Wendy Life Show, and a radio talk show co-host, in addition to being a special deeds advocate and ambassador for this remarkable community. While C. Lynn Williams, also known as Miss Parent Guru, is an award-winning author of five Stay Sane Parenting books, motivational speaker, and family life coach, C. Lynn has created programs including Finding Superwoman and How to Love Yourself in 30 Days, 
programs aimed at helping mothers achieve work-life balance, as well as learning techniques that practice self-care and increase self-esteem. C-Lens work helps create home environments that support healthy communication between parents and their tweens, teens, and young adults. Lisa Cleveland is the founder and CEO of My Lisa Inc. My Life is So Amazing Inc., a women's empowerment network. As a pastor, coach, and motivational speaker, Lisa inspires faith, hope, and love for oneself and others. Lisa recently founded The Widow's Nest, where she serves as a widowhood lifestyle coach for widows and widowers around the world who are navigating through life and loss. Being fortunate enough to have women who are not only mothers and wives, but a special needs advocate and ambassador, Miss Parent Guru, and a pastor supporting others in navigating grief, I wanted to dig deeper and get an understanding of their journey within and unearth lessons that contribute to the dynamic women they are today. Greetings, family. Today, I am so excited to have the sisterhood in the building with me in TGD Studios. This is the first time that I'm having a panel discussion with a few of my favorites within the sisterhood. And and the conversation today, we're talking about the enemy, but the enemy, E-N-E dash, capital M-E, the enemy within me. Very important topic, I think, for today. And uh, I could not have it without the sisters that I have with me today. I have Miss Lisa Cleveland with me. I have Miss Wendy Cunningham Barnes with me. And I have Miss C. Lynn Williams with me as well. And I just want to go ahead and jump right into things. I want to start with you, Miss Wendy. When you think about the enemy, the enemy within me, what comes to mind for you? It comes to mind that what I have put myself through over my lifetime has a title. (laughs) The things when I was making mistakes, self-doubting, sabotaging, even making bad decisions, I was the root cause of it. Whereas a lot of times we are looking outside of ourselves when he did me wrong or this boss doesn't like me or I'm not tall enough, short enough, thin enough, whatever. All the, all the, the reels that we play in our head. It has a title. A lot of things that we go through as people come from within and we allow it because maybe we weren't taught early on to recognize that within ourselves or to own your mess. So we use another colorful word for that, but you know, to own your mess, right? So, okay. So I got me a title. And I'm glad I've gone through the work, you know, to to be able to look at that and not be down about it. It has a title and it, it keeps it in perspective as you go through life from now on. There's some things that happen, like what did I do to participate in that that happened to me? Well, that's this powerful, y'all. That's the title right there. Absolutely. Uh, C. Lynn. When I think about that, I, I think about doubt and I think about insecurity and how when I allow those things, they just, they just magnify and they grow exponentially and you know I may have an idea about you know whether it's something to do with my business or or just period and in the past it's it's so easy to to sit there long enough and let it take over and and just dash the idea I'm not gonna even do it because I already know it's gonna fail and and I know when that happens I'm my own worst enemy uh, whereas in the past I didn't see it that way I never sat still long enough to really reflect on why things weren't you know connected as smoothly as I expected them to. And so, you know, after self-discovery and some uh, some counseling as well and, and coaching and things like that, I realized that usually it's me. 
Miss mm. Lisa. Well, hello, Tarolyn. Uh, being a believer, when I first learned about the enemy, of course, I learned it through scripture. We were taught that the enemy is a liar. He's an accuser of the brethren and that he is come to still kill and destroy everything that's beautiful and holy about you. So when I think about me being an enemy to myself, I say, what lies am I believing? You know, what things am I allowing myself to be accused of? And, and also, you know, what is still in the, those things? that are beautiful about me, what has come to still kill and destroy me. And like um, the other ladies have shared, a lot of that is things that we've learned to believe or we have taken on as truths about ourselves because of low confidence or a lack of knowledge, even in some sense, and the lack of exposure to even understand sometimes what we're going through. I appreciate what Lynn was sharing about the counseling and having someone to work with you to bring it down to the root of what is really bothering you, because sometimes we we don't take the time to find out about that enemy that's inside that's killing and destroying us or that's keeping us from moving forward into the things that we uh, want to do but I think mine's was a uh, fear of rejection being born with that feeling that no one's going to accept me or that I'm not good enough and there's something else like why me like, I had these talents and these gifts but I couldn't believe that it was really God showing me that I can be this I can do this this is for me this is how you see me so I couldn't see myself the way God showed me, I was still trying to do it myself. So I became an enemy to myself with holding myself back. I love that. That is so very powerful because in listening to everything that you ladies said, when I think about the enemy within me, I think about me limiting my own capabilities and possibilities and blaming external things for some things that Tarolyn needed to work on. And I know for me, I was always the victim. I saw external things as being the cause for why I couldn't move ahead for why I didn't see the things that God told me was true about me. That was where I was. And so I want to talk about that because I think that placing blame and thinking that we don't have the capabilities that God tells us that we have and that clearly as as mature (laughs) women here today, we know that the sky is the limit. But before we got to that space, let's talk about this for folks out there listening. When you think about, I would say that it probably was a need for me because I didn't have any tools at the time. when you think about the need or our propensity to attach to external things as the blame for areas in which we fall short, what was that space like for you, uh, Wendy? Let's start with you. You know, just being transparent, it started from childhood. Yeah. I have a father who compared my sister and I, and I was, I always came up short. And so part of, you know, being sexually abused as a child. So things were feeding and layering on top of each other as I was growing up. And easily, right, I could say, you know, my father didn't do this and, you know, someone touched me wrong and that's why my life is this way. And how many people be like, girl, right, I am so sorry. You know, you have that group of people who say, yeah, they support that, that you are blaming something external. And while the things that happened to me as a child was not my, it's it's time to do the work. So I grew up thinking I wasn't enough, period. Like Lisa said, I just, you know, and all the things that fall in under that is that I was not enough. I was not enough to be a good employee, to make a good wage, to graduate from college even. I wasn't good enough. Um, So a lot of 
times for me, that external blame was, it's it's so easy because society be like, ooh, yeah, you're right, poor thing. <laughs> and you're further descending down into that valley of self-doubt. So that's what it means to me. It's just society and your, your your corporate people love you, right? They want you to they want you to feel better and a lot of times they tell you what you need to hear, but sometimes you need to hear what you need to hear. Okay, yes, that happened to you, but what are you doing now cuz you're not a child anymore? How are you using that as a lesson as you go forward how not to be and how to teach others how not to be? So for me, I I just never felt I was enough ever. Wendy, I can definitely relate to your perspective on this portion of the conversation. We're going to pause and take a quick break right here. But when we come back, I cannot wait to hear C. Lynn and Lisa's take on this part of the conversation. Taking us into the break is going to be James Chappelle with God's Love. Don't move a muscle.
You know what? That's that's extremely powerful, Wendy. And and Celine, I, I wanted to come to you because I was um, Celine has an amazing group on Clubhouse that is like food for my soul. I'm I'm not even on Clubhouse regularly, <laughs> but that's where I'm going to be. The only time I'm not in there Friday morning, I'm on I'm on a Eastern Standard Time. So the only time I'm not in there Friday morning at 10:15 is if I have a client and I'm rolling my eyes like, "Why did you schedule?" They're like, "Cause your calendar was open." <laughs> I mean, you know, but seriously, we were, we were in, um, I don't know if it was this past Friday, but you made a comment on a conversation that that we were having. And I don't remember the title because we have so many, but you talked about within that room, the importance of coming to that space of awareness and listening to Wendy talk that made me think about you. You, you spoke so with such depth and clarity. You can tell that you're a woman who has gone a journey that required for you to stop, unplug and get this space of awareness that was for C. Lynn. And so just in us talking about how it's natural for us to uh, affix blame to external things for work that we need to do on the inside. Could you share just a little bit of your wisdom of how to come to a space of awareness where even if you don't have all the tools or feel feel capable, coming to that space of awareness can be a space to begin that journey. What, what would you have to say about that? Um, okay, so as I, I just want to speak on two, I want to come back to what you're mm-hmm. asking me. But as Wendy was talking, what came up for me uh, and and this is what I do. I I have been journaling since I realized we didn't call it journaling as as teenagers. You had a little book, and I wrote notes in it. But c- coming forward, that's what we call journaling, right? So I think back on how, like Wendy mentioned, in our family we had different colors, and I'm talking about uh, our physical colors. So my mom was very light. My sister was very light. My dad and I were dark. And uh, my brother was in between, which in the whole scheme of things is no big deal, except in that time period, people singled you out. You were pretty if you were light, you know, depending on the texture of your hair. You know the story. Everybody knows that story. Well, so as I was listening to Wendy, I thought about how, you know, as mothers, you know, we know the differences in our children. We know what their weaknesses are. Hopefully we know what their weaknesses and their insecurities are. And so as I talk to mothers today, I say, hey, you know, you got to you got to reach those young ladies and you got to you got to make sure that they are secure. And yet no amount of parental talk, parental talk helps you when you're feeling insecure growing up, when your best friend is a mixed race child and so her hair will never look like your hair and when relatives come to the house and they single out your sister because she looks prettier because she's lighter not necessarily you know anything else and so how do you grow from there so I think I've been growing for quite a while and and journaling and having a deep faith helped so even if your mom my mom would say hey there's nothing you can't do you know just because she knew she knew that I was a go-getter but being a go-getter doesn't mean you won't have those insecurities so one of the things that I like to say to my clients is you know let's start talking about ways to love yourself you know when you're coming from a space of having been abused whatever that is whether sexually you know emotionally physically what makes you feel better and so I think that's the journey that we're on in our on our Friday clubhouses is 
you know, start from anything small. It doesn't have to be a big win, just anything that makes you feel better and then practice it. And, and so that's, you know, that's, that's what I, I believe in. And anybody that you can surround yourself with that is doing what you'd like to do, uh, that makes you feel good and doesn't pull you down, include them in your crew. But you definitely have to do the work. You have to look back and see what it is that made you decide to do something for somebody else instead of yourself. All of those things kind of run together. And, uh, but it really starts at home. It really starts at home as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I love that. And Lisa, you know, I, I this is oh, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa does some <laughs> phenomenal work when it comes to uh, grief. And when I think about, I definitely want you, Lisa, to, to speak to, of course, anything that you've had on your mind in terms of external blame. But I also want to go to when you get to that space of maybe you've had your bout with that external blame and being the victim, and then you get to a space where you want to take ownership of your life and moving forward, there is a space, or at least it was for me, I'm not going to say this is everyone else's mm-hmm. experience, but for me, there was a space where I had to cope with the death of who Tara Lynn was and the fear of who she was going to become. And I think that a lot of the times when people think about grief, they only think about physical loss. But we deal with grief in a whole lot of different ways. And I think one of the things that kept me from being able to move forward was being so uncomfortable with letting the person that I was and that unhappiness die because I could not imagine what the other side of that would be like. So I think you're the perfect person to speak to that. Um, please share, what, what, what are your thoughts thus far? Well, uh, you're exactly right. And, and that is a challenge trying to move forward and definitely when you have to create a whole nother identity and being a widow, you know, that was a big struggle for me trying to identify, well, who am I now? You know, it took me forever to become who I was with my husband as a wife. And now I'm like starting all over again. But just to uh, piggyback um, on your first statement with the ladies that what they were sharing, some things came to my mind as well. You know, I come from a single family. My mother and my father Um, separated and my mother had seven children and like you uh Lynn I was the dark-skinned nappy-headed one (laughs) okay (laughs) I was the one that they didn't consider the the pretty one but when you're born to stand out it's hard for you to blend in and because my mother had insecurities about her own self, it made it hard for me to express myself because when I would be out amongst people and and my talents would come forward and people would readily recognize, oh, Violet, she can sing, oh, Violet, she dance, oh, Violet, she writes, oh, she's in student government. You know, I was always doing stuff to stand out because that's what my purpose and call was to stand out. And sometimes we don't always readily embrace that. And, you know, that enemy in us tells us, um, don't shine, don't shine stay back and and you, and you try to blend in with everybody else but then you're not being true to yourself you didn't ask to be gifted that way and it's really not about you it's about what you have to give to other people but sometimes that enemy inside you tells you that you're too much for other people you can't um be like that you know you can't shine like that or nobody's gonna like you you know we get into this thing of thinking that we want to be like because I mean like you said I had a a half Spanish brother and sister and they had the pretty long hair my two older sisters had the pretty long hair and I remember my mom sitting on the porch and doing their hair with all the balls and the bows and then she would try to do mine and I would be 
putting my head down and she smacked me with the comb. Then she ended up just having to take me in the house and just clap mine up, you know? <laughs> so I was always feeling like there's something different about me and always trying to show my mother in some kind of way. See, I'm special. See, I can do things. See, there's something beautiful about me, mommy. You know what I'm saying? And I think because she didn't like the attention all the people that I was drawing to me because of the purpose and call on my life. She didn't want to be in that light because she would get mad. She'd say, why do you invite them in here? I don't want to talk to these people. I don't want these people in my house, you know. So a lot of my support ended up coming from people outside of my home and outside of my family. And I've always been a loner. So to come to your question, uh, Tarolyn, about um, moving forward, I think part of the reason, the way that I've been made, I've always been kind of independent. You know, a lot of people always think I'm an extrovert and I can be when I'm speaking and I'm sharing, I am extroverted, but I have that invert place because I have to be quiet because I like to study. I like to write and I like to get into my thoughts so that when I do come out in front of someone, I have something worth saying. I don't believe in wasting people's time. You know, that's something that's about me. And I want to be effective in all that I do. I want to know that I said or did something that's going to change your life. So having that spirit and and being married to a pastor and then um, doing so many things to help people and sitting on people's bedsides and encouraging people and being known as a mover and a shaker and getting things done. When I couldn't get my husband healed, And I couldn't pray hard enough and do the right things for God to give me favor to heal my husband. I didn't know who I was after that. You know, my faith was shook and my ground foundation was shook again. And like I share in some of my shows, I moved all the way to North Carolina and started all over again where I didn't know anybody and I could fall apart without being judged. I didn't want to be the standard. I didn't want to be the one that people um, look to as an example anymore. I just wanted to fall apart. And I glad I did because when I fell apart, I was able to find myself again because I had still, even in all that I accomplished, I still only became what other people thought I was supposed to become because it seemed acceptable to be the first lady, seemed acceptable to do these things. And though it was effective, I still hadn't showed up in my own life. It was something that was, I was still, even in all that I was doing and all people that would be a blessing, I still didn't feel that Lisa has entered this earth, you know, that Lisa is truly shining in the way that God would have me to shine. So it's just now, hallelujah, (laughs) when I freed myself from all that religiosity and all of those expectations and all of those things, religious of things that I believe that weren't necessarily the Bible, but just traditional stuff that people do to keep you under some kind of mind control. Once I started thinking for myself and getting to know myself, I started falling in love. I said, you pretty cool, Lisa. You know, where you been? You know, (laughs) welcome to earth, you know? So I'm kind of glad that I I had this time and what was pain, God turned my pain into a a ministry, you know? So what was meant to destroy me, having that loss and not knowing what I was going to make it from that point made me strong because they said it comes a point where strong is all you have left to be. And so when I put myself in a position where I didn't know anybody in a state that I didn't know, and I forced myself to have to do things on my own terms in my own way, I found that I was strong. I was capable. And that I knew a lot more than I thought I knew. 
and I had a lot of worth. And that's why when I do the widows, I always tell them we're redefining ourselves as women individually developing our worth because that's what we are. We are individually developing our worth and finding out who we are today. So yes, uh, Tarolyn, um, it's a journey uh, trying to uh, break out of those holds and those things that keep us in a certain path. But if we will allow ourselves to do it, greater is on the other side. There is hope on the other side. And, and you just can't be afraid because if you're built up by their compliments, you'll be tore down by their complaints. So you really have to begin to love you, trust you, trust a God in you. And if you fail, fail forward. Who cares? Everybody fails. There's nobody been an overnight success without failure, Absolutely. you know, but it's fun to fail like that because then you learn to do better. Absolutely. So that's my thing. Love yourself enough. Like I think one of the sisters said, I don't know if it was Wendy or Lynn, but was saying that, you know, we have to learn to love ourselves and, and take that time to learn who we are. It's a shame that we don't know our favorite scents. We don't know our favorite flower. We don't know our favorite colors or we don't surround ourselves with an atmosphere that brings us peace because we don't know what brings us peace. Right. So I think the first thing is identifying who you are and, and, and don't be afraid to look at the good, bad and the ugly. Ah, yes, the freedom in discovering and exploring the good, bad, and ugly. We're going to take a quick pause right here just to digest. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about what's on the other side of the exploration. Don't move a muscle. My God, my God. There were times when I wanted to give up on you Believed you were there, but I couldn't feel you Then you stepped in, you came to see me through You never left me Even though I made my share of mistakes I never paid the price that I should have paid You never left me, nor did you forsake me Lord, you never gave up on me When I avoided your plan and I gave up and ran You kept me When I was sick in my quicksand Lord, you threw out your hand You kept me When I trusted in man didn't give you a chance You kept me Said I've been in church all of my life I didn't learn your word but how to disguise I try to look good in other people's eyes But you still kept me Because of your love I'm running back to you Because of your grace I wanna say thank you Lord you're so faithful and I'm so grateful That you never gave up on me
This brings me to Wendy, because Wendy, you talk so much and, and, and the way that you speak about that transformation that you went through. I love when Wendy gets into talking about no being a complete sentence. And Wendy is one where she is clear about what works for oh, her yeah. and her family. <laughs> and, and and that is it, period. If that doesn't work for you, then I'm going to let you pray on that. Hallelujah. But <laughs> Wendy's got that on lock. Listening to Lisa talk, when I think of you, Wendy, I think of personal value versus validation. And you coming to that space of personal value and then being faced with probably, I'm, I'm just thinking from receiving you at a point uh, you came to that space of personal value and that made you realize that validation was something that was extremely important to you. So when we're talking about the enemy within me and then knowing you now, you know, I hate that there are so many people who don't know you personally because they're missing out. But <laughs> knowing you now and having the contrast of what you talk about then and who you are now, what would you say to someone listening that is struggling with that enemy from within and they have that thing where validation is important but then you know from experience that when you crave validation there's a weakness in personal value what would you say to someone that's trying to make that transition where even to begin with something like that Lisa you and I are sisters because I'm, 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 an, I'm an introvert and people think I'm an extrovert too but I need that alone time for me, what I had to realize was hurt people hurt people, you know? So a lot of times we attract to ourselves who we are. And for me, my transformation, it began early and kind of stopped. I, like Lisa, I, I took myself from grade school into a high school that none of my classmates went to because I was known as a shy girl. I was known as the, the, the very introverted, you know, scared to talk to any one person. And I wanted to go to high school and create an entire new person. And I had to remove myself from people like, oh no, that's little Wendy, she's shy. That's little Wendy, she's a teacher's pet. So I had some growth in high school because I forced myself to be a cheerleader, you know, get out there and meet people and, you know, kind of shine in whatever way I could. <clears throat> but then it took me until adulthood to realize, girl, you keep having the same kind of relationships. So my dad, I was daddy's little girl until my sister was born. And my sister is amazing. Let me just put that out there. My sister is amazing and I love her so much. But um, when she was born, then I was everything but an angel. So when I went into relationships, you know, okay, he don't like me now, but then he's gonna change. And he did, because that's what I was expecting. And that's what I was drawing to me. And it took till after my, my divorce to sit down and say, you know what, Lord, let me, you know, let me work on me. And, you know, we're good as women saying like, he got to be this tall. He got to make this kind of money. He has to look like this. His hair has to be like, he has to drive this, but we're not working on what we're presenting. And for me, after my divorce, because I was divorced, I had three kids, two with special needs. I'm in the valley, y'all. I'm, I'm deep because I'm like, why did I have these kids? All my friends got regular, healthy, bad kids, and I got these two special ones. So going into therapy for me was huge. And then paying attention to the voices that 
tapped into the pain. And for me, that was listening to people who talked about what they had been through and how they came out. Not people who validated my pain, because that's not what was going to make me grow. That, that's not what was going to make me be a better Wendy, be presentable to whoever else God had for me. And it's, it's hard looking in the mirror sometimes like, mm, you see things that you don't like. You see things that are ugly even. But I had to do that work because I said, God, you know, okay, I need you to do that as far as presenting to me who you have for me. And I'm going to wait. And if it's not for me, I'm good being by myself. Lisa, we loners. We can, you know, <laughs> but as I started unpeeling the, the layers and understanding the history from where I came and how I kept carrying it, you don't have to carry that with you. You are grown. That stuff that happened in childhood, you can be angry, you can be upset, you can be depressed, and it's still gonna be there. It's, it's always gonna have happened, right? So I had to let that go, forgive my father, who I love so much. We don't have a relationship, but I'm good with loving you over there. Um, so it was just taking that time to just go in and just being raw with myself. And once you do, once you do that kind of work, no one can step in and change that because I'm not about to deal with that. So if you have some pain that you need to go through, honey, I, you know, I give you the number to my therapist, you know, I'm going to tell you where to go, but you can't be in my space because you can't affect that piece that I've worked years years and thousands of dollars in therapy to get to so for me i would say you gotta i would say go to therapy you know we especially in the black community we don't go to therapy we go to church and we get you know we just pray to the lord but the lord put therapists in this world so go find you that good therapist someone who doesn't love you Someone who doesn't want to rub your back and make you feel good about your They can be objective. Yeah, someone who has that experience and education. Yes. Are you your mess? And not having an attitude about listen to it. Okay, let me think. This person may be right. All my relationships have been the same. So there's something about me drawing that type of person. So yeah, go, go get you some therapy. <laughs> there are services out there where you can get therapy too mm -hmm. and i, I want to say uh to i'm going to go to c lynn i'm going to go i'm going to go to c lynn in just a minute but i, I wanted to ask you this wendy right before i go to c lynn c lynn you're gonna be up next um now being a mom of two special needs children with all of the things because i know you had your your um personal internal work that you had to do your introspection that you did before becoming a mom then coming a mom with special needs children and then that internal work does not stop you still have to take care of your children you still have to manage your household you still have to manage your relationships husband and when i say relationships i'm talking about all of them i'm talking about family i'm talking about business i'm talking about everything i'm wondering if those special needs children your children specifically for you has there been a connection that you could see uh between that journey and that challenge and building wendy do you <laughs> think that you would yeah. be the same woman without having the challenge of of being able to um deal with your special needs children because i know that there are so many different layers to that it's not and not to imply to any mothers listening because i'm i'm a mom too not to imply that there's a straight line that that uh, raising children is linear in any way anyhow but then when you add the layer of those children having special needs their individual personalities and those needs 
changing over the course of time. You have to adapt to all of these different nuances where uh, parents who have children who don't have those challenges would not have to deal with that. I can only imagine that a lot of that has shaped you in a way that otherwise would not have been possible. Is that is, is that a fair statement? That's very fair. <laughs> yeah, my, my two kids, my oldest, my daughter would have been 24 this year. She passed eight years ago and then Christian is 18. And then I had Matthew in the middle and God bless him for trying to figure out life being sandwiched between two special needs kids. But yeah, I had to, as I was working on me, I had to present, you know how they say fake it till you make it? I had to fake it. Like I was depressed, but I need to get out here and support these kids. I need to argue with doctors, therapists, nurses, whatever, to make sure that they got what they needed because what I stood strong on was being a mother. Now I may have I may have doubted myself as Wendy, but I'm this kid's mother and I'm all they have as far as staying in that fight and making sure they have what they needed. And losing a child changes you in ways that I pray no one has to deal with, but it changed you in a way that I had to reflect back on the good and the beauty of who she was as, a, as opposed to holding on to the pain of her not being here in the physical. Because I'm a Christian, I know where she is. And she is amazing. She's happy. She's whole where she is. So I had to allow myself the grace of knowing I'm going to be depressed sometimes. Sometimes I'm going to cry at, a, at, a, at the craziest commercial. You know, it, this was about laundry detergent. Why am I thinking about my daughter and I'm crying? Girl, a lot of tears to come. So having special needs kids, you have to allow yourself that permission of having that space of being sad. But it's empowering because the more you try and bury things and hide things and put on that happy face, the more it grows in you, it festers, and that changes you. So for me, yeah, my kids, <laughs> God help me. And for Matthew, I had to make sure he was the strongest young man I could, I could build in the environment he was in. You know, we're good at telling girls, your bodies are special. You are special. You have a gift that you can give to a man that's important. I told my son now, honey, your, huh, your body is special too. You can only give that gift to one woman. And prayerfully, you love her. And you, even if you don't continue on with that person, that you feel good about that person. Like she was special at that time and I loved her. It wasn't, I was just trying to hit that. We give our kids those mixed messages which causes that enemy within, especially with women, because we high-fiving the guys because they're hidden, you know? But then we're telling the girls, you need to stay pure. You need to stay whole. You know, ooh, you can't be doing all that. You know, she's these words because she's slept around. Um, there's a reason for that, and I've taught my son that. But yeah, having the, kid, <laughs> having the kids that I've had has made me know that I was stronger than I gave myself credit for. And because I had to fight for them, because I have to wake up, page passed, I had to get up the next day because Christian is swimming and all kind of messiness in his diaper. I got to get up. You know what I mean? I got to get up. So I wanted to be in the bed. I wanted to just stay there under the covers and not be present for life. But because I had these boys, I had to get up. But that taught me that I could get up. And I keep getting up on days when I don't feel like it because I know I'm needed. And I know that God has put me on this earth being different, Lisa, right? It, th that's the beauty though. We don't celebrate difference. We criticize different. And I had to embrace the fact that yes, Lisa, my head nappy and it, <laughs> hey, it depends on the day what it's gonna do. It's graying, but the beauty is in, the, in all of that. It shows 
I, I'm in um, the beauty industry and I, I hear women talk about, you know, I want to hide these lines. You know, I got wrinkles. Yeah, but look at what those wrinkles. I'd rather have smile lines that you call a wrinkle than them be frown lines because I smiled. I tried to show up and smile in my life. Embrace the, those lines. You don't want to see an 89-year-old person with smooth skin. Something weird, something wrong with that. Embrace what what the, what history and your environment and your experiences have has left on your body, and and keep it moving. James said he like say like I said, whoop, whoop, I got something for you, and it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, use your experiences to develop who you are and, and own it. Absolutely, I love that, Celine. I know that you have tons that you want to add and, and by all means please uh weigh in as you see fit but I, I definitely um definitely hearing your thoughts I want to talk to you about um manifesting I would like for you to talk about manifesting and the reason what what makes me think about that is all that you've been able to do with the people that you work with first of all every every woman here with me today has manifested something great within their life that they share of service to others and I think that um, when we think of manifesting, sometimes it can be very linear. You know, people don't understand that, yes, there's power to manifest what you want. But we have to, first of all, um, acknowledge that on the daily, on the daily, we manifest what we don't want. A lot of people find it hard to believe in manifestation of big things in the positive but if you've ever said, man, I'm broke, and then you stay broke for 15 years, you manifest that. If you say, man, I'm lonely, and you stay lonely for 15 years, you manifest that. And so I thought of that specifically while the ladies were talking with you, C. Lynn, because you continue to speak life, and I watch it manifest in your works. So what would you say to someone listening to this about the enemy within and the power of being able to flip that switch in your mind so that there's a belief system that supports what it is that you say that you want coming from within and radiating out. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, how much time do we have? Let's see. Um, I, I'm high-fiving everybody, Lisa, Wendy, on the call today because uh, when I think about some of the early challenges uh, especially with you, Lisa, I think about how could we be the women that we are now if we had not experienced the challenges growing up? You know what I mean? So, you know, all of us that say, I know I'm an introvert. People don't believe it, but I, I need that internal time to myself. And I think the time, you know, um, that you take for yourself to reflect and some, as well as some paid uh, coaching and counseling, definitely, um, is a good step in the direction that you want to go. However, with manifesting, um, I learned years ago from my mom that your words are powerful. Now, as a kid, I didn't know what that meant, and she didn't talk that way. But my mother had lived through, um, um, she had uh, my brother right underneath me, died uh, as infant SIDS, I think they called it, you know, this crib death. Um, he was six weeks old. So I did not have that experience. Then she lost, of course, my brother uh, as, an, as an adult. 
uh, to suicide. So my mom had experienced grief as a woman losing her sons. But one of the things that she talked about regularly was how important it was to speak life into what it is you want. And I watched her life change um, as she talked about things that she wanted regularly, like daily, um, they started happening. And in my own example, having gone through a divorce after 18 years of marriage, my first marriage, one of the things that I thought was really a challenge, but I spoke it was I wanted to continue to raise my children with their dad as friends. And everybody that's been divorced or understands how tall an order that is. That's not an easy task because usually you don't divorce because you're friends. And so um, God made that possible. And I realized, I watched as I said things, just like you just said, Terrilyn, if I said I'm broke, then it was a, it was hard to come out of that hole. But if I said I'm wealthy, you know, and thank you for surrounding me with people who love and respect me, then that's who you find that you attract. And those words, those thoughts, if you think them, you wake up, you say them, you go to sleep, you say them, and you decide how you want that life to look. And it doesn't matter where you are. If you are on aid, if you are, you know, uh, unsheltered, if you can at least take the thought and start looking at where you want your life to take you, then you will look back and see that that's where you ended up. And so I love sharing that with people. And you're right. It is. I write about it to parents. I say, pour into your children. You know, it doesn't matter. I, I, I hear, hear Wendy talking about uh, special needs. I also think that if you have children who have mental illness, that is a special need that most, at least in the African-American society, don't talk about. And so if you have a child who's dealing with uh, schizophrenia or is dealing with um, depression or is suicidal, that takes a special parent to walk with that child and to get whatever help because you are always on your guard. You don't know, you know what to do necessarily. And uh, I think there are a lot of us out here. I know, you know, my son uh, struggles with depression and um, having had a, a, a brother who eventually committed suicide, you know, I'm very um, aware. I'll put it like that. I'm no longer anxious about it because I've given it to God. I do believe in God and I know that uh, he, he was his first. So my son was God's first. And so he's just on loan to me. So that's the way I look at it. But the manifestation can happen in anybody's life because we're all, we all are divine. And once people start to remember that they came from kings and queens, spiritually and our heritage, then it's an entirely different mindset. So that's, that's what I believe. My sister Celia, I would venture to say a lot of people can relate to the information that you shared and it, it definitely resonates. So thank you for such a potent perspective. We're going to take our last and final pause right here. But when we come back, we're going to tie up the loose ends to this conversation about the enemy within. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. I'm so grateful, God, you know you did the most When you created her for me, 
Lord, you know I have witnessed your glory All this favor you show me When you gave it to me I had to learn what to do with your blessing Now I know That a man who findeth the wife Finds a good thing So every time I think of her I'm thanking you And when I give my love to her I'm thanking you Loving her like Christ Loved the church Cause you told me to Yeah, she a missy on your glory Sometimes I don't feel like I'm worthy Her, I'm just thanking you when I get. 
Celine, you, you talked about how your mother, she didn't just say these things. She said them over and over and over and over and over and over. You know what I Kind of like how we do, if we, we tend to focus on the negative aspects of our life and we'll repeat those things over and over and over again to the point where I was unaware at one point in time about how it, it, talking to me must have been like sitting plucking out eyelashes because I didn't realize how negative... <laughs> Really, I didn't realize how negative the, the, the pessimist that I was, but I had spoken so many things and, and not only uh, uh, um, speaking them as one thing, thinking them within when they're within the cavity of your mind. That's a safe space. I learned um, not too long ago that the difference between God and the enemy is God can read your mind and the enemy cannot. And so whatever you feel, as long as it stays locked within the cavity of your mind, it's safe. You're entitled as a fleshly being to feel the weight of what uh, just life and challenges can bring about. It's when you put those words into the atmosphere that you actually fuel the enemy to help you to manifest exactly what you say you, you don't want. And so once I learned that, it was uh, it was a different layer of understanding that I didn't have before. And then I was able to be intentional about what I actually said outside of my mouth. Once I realized how many times in a day, even in jest, when we make negative jokes about our life or other people, because many a truth has been told in jest, even in jest, making these negative, putrid, defeatist comments was actually bringing into fruition the exact same things that I said that I didn't want. So when Celine talked about the practice, the space of being, of just saying it, saying it, saying it, and if you say it enough, then it's to the point where you're creating a new reel for your mind where you start to think it more. Whatever you think the most is what you're going to talk about the most. And so that was extremely powerful, uh, what you just shared, Celine. I, I was going to, before we started today, I was going to share something with all of you off air, but I guess I'll do it on air now. What ha We just had a, a lot of different, listen, today getting in the studio was a challenge. <laughs> Doesn't matter because we're all here, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and share this with you guys. I didn't get any sleep last night. And when I say any, probably, well, not last night at all. I probably did about an hour and a half this morning. Lisa, that's why I was as dry as I was when you talked to me. It had nothing to do with you. It was all me. And let me tell you guys what happened. Initially, when I woke up, I said, that is the worst dream that I can remember having in years in my life until I was uh, until I got up out of bed and it was able to settle in here's what happened and th this is a lot of it is what I gather from it because I didn't see that much what happened was I was on public transportation uh, a bus it seemed like. And um, I went to the back of this bus because that's the only space that was available. And I always like a window seat. Even on a plane, I want a window seat. So I went and I got that window seat. So I go and I sit. It was on the right-hand side of the bus. I sit by the window. I had something in my ears while I was listening to music. And I kind of put my head down and I was looking out of the window. I could, out of my peripherals, see people coming onto the bus and the bus was steadily filling up, steadily filling up. And so as the bus started to fill, this gentleman came and sat down right beside me. And I still kept looking out of the window and listening to my music. And the bus continued to fill and fill and fill. The bus starts to move. And then all of a sudden I could hear under the music, some type of commotion going on at just about the front of the bus. But I continued to look out the window. 
So I'm knowing that there's something. I can kind of see slight movements of people. I can hear that there's something happening. And the energy that I felt was heavy, but I kept looking out the window and listening to the music. There was a person that came and the gentleman beside me, well, he shot the person in the face several times and killed the person. I could feel the warmth of the blood from the person. Now, again, I'm still looking out of the window. I could feel the dread. I could feel the fear. I could hear underneath the music, the commotion from the people, the reaction from the people. But still, I kept looking out of the window. And so as I kept looking out of the window, I could feel the person who had just killed the person next to me looking at me. Now, I didn't see, I never looked at any of this happening. It was just sounds. It was just a feeling. It was just a presence. But I knew at the depth of that dread when I could feel that person looking at me to keep doing what I was doing. And that was listening to the music and looking out of the window. And then all of a sudden, the person that shot the gentleman that was sitting next to me left the bus. I started to rise up out of that seat to step over the person to get off the bus and I woke up. And so when I woke up, I was like, what in the world? My hands were shaking, they were sweaty. And I thought to myself, what in the world is happening? And so I went and got some water. I had to pace around the living room a little bit. I had to collect myself because the emotion associated with the dream was so real. And I thought that is the worst thing I have experienced experience that I can remember in my life. I kept calling it the worst dream that I'd had in a while. And then about, took about a half hour. I sat there. I decided, okay, now's the time for me to just meditate. I need to cleanse this out of me. I wasn't even ready to pray yet. I just had to meditate and cleanse that energy out of me. And all of a sudden, as I sat there and and allowed myself to cleanse that space, it came to me that that wasn't the worst dream that I ever had. That was God showing up to let me know that sometimes when things feel the worst, you can choose to focus on what you're feeling and what's going on, or you can just keep your attention where it should. And that's to me. I got the feeling once that that came to me, that if I had of in the dream, and this is just me, because like I said, I, I didn't look in the dream, but what if I had of that person standing there was waiting to see if I saw, if I was going to identify, but because my posture stayed the same. There was a bunch of commotion. I felt things going on. There was an energy that came. And when that energy came, it wasn't pleasant. I stayed obedient to whatever that was that told me, just keep minding your business and doing what you're doing. And then the topic today is the enemy within. I share that just to say that I believe that was a message to me, not just about today, but in my life, current time and, and, and just moving forward. And Even for those of you listening out there, we get to choose where we put our energy. There's a lot of things that's happening around us that don't make us feel good, but not everything that makes you that that is unpleasant for you is your business. We don't have to always participate in some of those things that are going on around us. And and feelings are not fact. Feelings are just a, a, a space of being that if you allow it, it ebbs and flows. You're always going to feel some things that are that are unpleasant, but they always pass. I don't care where you are right now in your life. You can imagine a time that sucked just like where you are now, and you can imagine it because it passed. Regardless of what the outcome was, if the outcome was what you wanted or you didn't want. It didn't 
stay. And I think that when we talk about the enemy within, we have to understand that those things within us that challenge us, that make us question who we are, those things are not meant to stay. They're meant to flow. They actually serve a purpose. If we didn't have the internal battle, then however would we rise to be the better version of ourselves? You cannot ascend if you've never been low. And so I think that, that, that when we understand that, then now we can start to keep focus on the things that matter. I want to welcome anybody uh, at this point that has a have something that they want to add. Please do. Well, I was thinking when Celine was talking about, I think you said your, your mom's son or your, someone committed suicide. I just wanted to just tell people that a lot of times we don't allow people to feel. We don't make it okay for people to feel. My son, um, like you said, even my son Matthew, he has depression and anxiety sometimes. And he'll say it's hard to talk to people because, I mean, what, what you depressed about? I mean, you got this, you got this, you look like this, you you know. And a lot of times, and I found myself, I mean, just being, we all do it. I'm like, why is this person talking about they're depressed? You know, they, they got all this. They're fame. Like the, the young woman who was a beauty um, pageant winner. She's beautiful. She has this great career. She's famous. She committed suicide. So a lot of times for me, I vowed when a friend of mine, her son, committed suicide um, in the from the um, military. I said, I'm going to stop judging people's pain. You know what I mean? Just because that's what that that person's pain was so heavy that they felt that was the only way out. But how many times did that person see something out of that pain that someone dismissed? That someone was like, you don't you don't even have no reason for that. And so that further exacerbated the way they felt. So I just wanted to to do that but then what you said about being obedient and staying focused on god you're on that dream i'm never gonna forget it because it's true it's true a lot of times there's a lot of noise that we have going on lots of noise and i have people who i love who will call me like girl did you hear this i didn't and i'm not gonna worry about that but hey i'm I'm working on today and what god has given me to do today i know that god is going to take care of me so a lot of times we we allow ourselves terrible to turn when we hear that sound or when we when we feel that feeling to turn and you're turning away from the source of, of who will get you through safely whatever you're going through and the fact that you had this that you've come through you got that as evidence that's your personal evidence that god has brought you through so he can bring you through this as well so whatever you're going through you can come past that if you just stay focused that dream was i'm glad you did share it on on, on um, live because it was it was important for people to hear that analogy of how to stay focused on God. Amen to that, sis. And you know, it was, um, oh no, go right ahead, Celine. Go right ahead. I was just going to say, I really appreciate you talking about the, the spiritual side of that dream because, uh, if you, if you just look at it from a perspective of what you saw, then it, it then it diminishes what the message actually was. And I, you know, you are so correct about you staying focused on looking outside, basically looking up. This is not my argument. This is not my issue to deal with. You know, even though it was a tragic one and we would, you know, you think about tragedies, we immediately drop what we're doing and get involved in those, you know, especially if it's family and friends. So you didn't know this guy. That didn't matter. You stayed focused on what was going on and uplifted with your music. And that's the story. That's that's really where spirit wants us to be is I've given you, you know, a set of things to do. Uh, you have a skill set. Let's focus on that. And so I agree with 
with Wendy. Um, stay focused if it's happening. And then you, as we know, there's a lot happening in the world today and people are dropping what they're doing to get involved in it. But are you doing what God has asked you to do? And that, and that's, that stops the enemy within as far as I'm concerned. I would just like to piggyback on that as well. And that is absolutely so, you know, because remember the enemy doesn't care what he has to do to get you off track. He'll fund your foolishness. His point is just to keep you from fulfilling your purpose and doing what God wants you to do. You, If God wants you to sing in the church, he'll put you in, in the uh, limelight. You'll become a Beyonce because his goal is not to, um, not, he doesn't have a lack of money or talent. He just doesn't want you to do your part in building the kingdom of God or fulfilling the part that you're called to fulfill. And like Carolyn said, we're not all here to do everything. We have to know our part and just do that and stay focused and don't get distracted. But I was just thinking about a song that Pink wrote years ago. I don't know if you remember the singer Pink, but she wrote that song, I'm a hazard to myself. Don't let me get me. And she said, don't want to be my friend no more. I want to be somebody else. You know what I mean? And that's how we feel sometimes, you know, because it's so irritating sometimes even to deal with ourselves because there is greatness. And I think there's a poem that said, who am I to live beneath that greatness? You know what I'm saying? It was a Marianne Williamson, I believe, that has a poem in regards to that. You know, when we try to belittle ourselves, you're not special because of what you have to do, but you you are necessary. And, and everybody has a necessary part to play. And when we refuse to know who we are, do what we're called to do, step out in faith, of course, you're going to be scared. That's why you need God. If you could do it yourself, you wouldn't need God. He wants you to come to him. So go ahead and, and like I said, fell forward. Leave try you know what I'm saying and you might find out that it wasn't even about you completing it but you just stepping out and trusting you know and the rest and you might find that you don't have to do it what was the guy who took his son to be sacrificed and God just wanted to know was he willing to make the sacrifice and then he told him he didn't have to make the sacrifice so sometimes we don't even get to the other side of that blessing because we won't even dare to be who we're called to be so I encourage all of us to don't let the enemy inside you keep you from missing the great things that God has prepared for you on this earth because there is greatness in you. Wendy? <laughs> and, you know, I was thinking about the fact that we compare ourselves and what God has put in me is different than what put, he put in Terrell It's different than what he put in Lisa and C. Lynn. But it's all great because God created it. So for me to say, you know, like, I don't know because, you know, my voice doesn't sound like Terrell I don't know. My voice is the voice he gave me. So use it. So I think we get caught up with being compared. And some kids from childhood, I was compared to my sister. And But when I got to an age, because we're six years apart and people were trying to compare her to me, I would stop them. Mm-mm, don't do that. She is not a little Wendy. She is who she is. And her her identity is who she is. Don't compare her. We, we share blood. We share DNA. But she is her own person. So I think a lot of times that enemy, <clears throat> we help it by saying, yeah, you're right. Because I don't I don't really like C-Lynn. Right. I don't have five books. So I can't write a book. Stop doing that to yourself. Stop Stop being the enemy within with those words of comparison you are beautiful in what in whatever space God gave you absolutely and I would add to that have the courage dare to have the courage to step into how great you really are, how great you could be. Because if you're looking over the gate into somebody else's yard and you seeing things, shiny things over there that you like, then you're really not taking stock of what's in your own yard. Your yard may be bare in comparison to theirs because they're putting work in their yard. What kind of work are you putting into yours? So you don't know how beautiful your space can become if you don't have the courage to sit in it and do that discovery. And that discovery is a process. Look, we live in a microwave society. 
society. Everybody wants to press a button. You want to spend 10 years eating and getting overweight and then press a button and lose it all in a week. You want to spend uh, 20 years of having bad credit and then in 90 days, because somebody tell you that they got tricks, have your credit clear. You got 800 credit and now you can just go get it. 800 credit score and now you can just go get anything you want. You know, you want to spend a whole lot of time, uh, most of the majority of your life being a renter and then think that because you go into the first office to purchase a home, you're just going to sit down and everything's just going to line up perfectly. No, there's a process to everything. When you put that seed in the ground, any seed that you put in the ground, there's a process it has to go through. But the process is not even going to begin if you're not watering it, if you're not nurturing it. It can't even start to germinate into anything else until the work of feeding it and nurturing it begins. Then you start to see it sprout into what it's going to become. So the same is true when we're talking about building ourselves from within, building a soul, connecting to your character, establishing your personal value, which which Wendy talked about. Uh, Lisa, when Lisa talks about that process of navigating what it's like to let go of who you've been that's killing you on the inside to become whoever it is that God has for you to be and being curious about that process. See, Lynn, when she was talking about taking the time to be aware of what it is that you're speaking and once you decide to speak life over your your life, that is a consistent way of being. That's not something that you're just doing for today. These are the different things. Me, when I talked about staying focused on what's your business in your life and not being distracted by external noise. These are some of the, all of the things I think, oh, well, no, I'll say some because there are, there are plenty more, but there are so many different things that uh, we can all do to begin to to build that person from within and step out that enemy. Uh, final thoughts from anyone. Anything else that you guys want to share before we, we get out of here today? I was thinking that you got to pull in weeds too while you sowing and watering and letting the sun shine. You got to pull the weeds out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull the weeds out and and, and weed and weed out the people uh, because, you know, we, we still we're shiny. <laughs> As you're growing, you're shining. Your light is shining. And so you still will attract or people will be attracted to you who don't have the same spirit you have, that don't have the same, have not done the same work. And you might find that you turn to help when it's actually going to pull you down. And so you, you have to stay mindful. You have to stay prayerful and meditate. And sometimes it'll be painful to let go of those people. You know, sometimes they're in your own family. And so it's, um, you know, you still have to do it. You still have to weed out, right, Wendy? You have to weed out. The more you do it, recognize weeds but mm, i already see you coming let me work on that <laughs> since we're in the garden mood i say what the scripture says and it says unless the seed fall on the ground and die it cannot bear fruit so some things we need to bury and let it die that we may be able to branch out and grow even greater things in our life so don't be afraid of death death sometimes brings greater life so understand <laughs> Absolutely. I want to thank each and every one of you for blessing the grind to find today with your presence. Lisa Cleveland, Wendy Cunningham Barnes, C. Lynn Williams. Uh, thank you so much for your wisdom and for everyone listening. I will have all of the information to connect with these amazing women, their powerful businesses, their ministries, uh, so that you can continue to get your life. <laughs> thank you for having us on. I really appreciate the time. I always love the the seeds and the the wonderful uh, you know it, it you just don't realize it's it's so it just feels like a wonderful warm rain you know where you don't have to worry about your hair getting too wet <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it I 
love the conversation. Yes. I'm so glad you invited me to be on with you guys, Tara. I enjoy hearing the stories and, and seeing the journeys of all you ladies. And um, I think we all have a lot in common, but we all have a lot of things that we're going to do that's even greater. So best of luck to all of you on your journey. Look forward to sharing with you guys again one day. I was about to say, you better not be talking like this is a goodbye, honey. Come on now. You my friend oh, now. So okay, see, Lynn, can we be like friends? This, this is the last time we talk to each other. Oh yeah, I mean that's 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 how that's how we roll. I mean, this is a sisterhood. We we support each other. We're there for each other. You better not, Lisa. No goodbyes, honey. Just see you later. All right, see, see you, you later. <laughs> that's right. Never ever goodbye. Always see you later. What an amazing experience. If you would like to connect with any one of these dynamic women, Lisa Cleveland of My Lisa Inc. and The Widow's Nest, Wendy Cunningham Barnes of LifeImagine.org, and C. Lynn Williams, Miss Parent Guru herself, log on to thegrindtofind.com, click on episode 38, and there will be links there where you can connect directly with these women. If you check out the show on YouTube, those links will be there as well. As always, if you want more information or have questions for me regarding this episode, feel free to reach out to me on any of the social media platforms. You can find links to all of the platforms uh, that I am on at thegrindtofind.com. That is it for content today. If you haven't already, follow me so that you'll be updated when I upload it. If you like a little bit extra in your tea, make sure you join the list. No matter what, check that enemy within and always define your grind. Never let the grind define you. Terrell and Michelle, until next time, peace and abundant blessings.